What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Our guest today is the principal of Franklin Simpson High School in Franklin, Kentucky, Mr. Tim Schlosser. Tim, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you, Philip? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. And before we even get started, I want to ask you about Jeremiah Chapman Day. I saw it all over Twitter yesterday, and it looked just like a super fun day, especially for that young man. So tell us, what, what was that all about? Well, um, if there's a local radio station that does that, that does like a it's so-and-so's special day. And uh, so we do that at the high school every day. We, uh, we randomly pick a kid. We have all the kids in a random number generator. We, uh, we just pick a kid each day, and we just announce, hey, it's, yesterday was Jeremiah Chapman Day. And uh, Jeremiah, you know, some of the kids will take, take their picture and, and tweet it on social media. And, uh, but Jeremiah, uh, yesterday at lunch, uh, I sat down with him, and we were talking about Jeremiah Chapman Day. And, and uh, it was funny. He said, uh, Mr. Slosher, he said, today's kind of like uh, the eclipse. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He said, today's Jeremiah Chapman Day. He said, it's, he said so you need to make it special. And, uh, and Jeremiah took it and ran with it all day long. Between classes, he was, uh, you know, making little videos before class and, and literally telling people, you need to spread love and positivity today because it's Jeremiah Chapman Day. And, uh, and he took it and ran with it and uh, uh, really made it a, a good day because that's something that we, you know, our theme for the year is how many wins today spread hope and love. And, uh, and so he was uh, walking around telling people to spread love and positivity. The kids loved it. They were laughing and, you know, everybody was like, hey, you know, it's Jeremiah Chapman Day. And uh, so it really took off and, and was really a, it was really kind of a neat to see how that happened. And the cool thing about it is, is how he kind of he's now kind of set the tone for when it's your day. You know, how are you going to approach your day? Because the kids don't know until eight o'clock when I'm when I do the announcements and 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 put their name out there that it's their day. So so hopefully that will spread and and, you know, and it will make for a better culture and climate in our school and we'll spread a lot of love and positivity i love it man it's so cool yeah tara and i we both saw it on twitter yesterday your tweet that you were talking about with the solar eclipse and everything and so then yeah then we we popped onto his twitter to see what he had done and he's posting all the videos like you said and then just like you said too like what are what are the next kids going to do now because yeah he set the bar pretty high for that yes he did he uh and jeremiah's a great kid and you know he's just got one of those personalities that uh that everybody kind of gravitates to, and, and uh, he, he did a great job. And we did not, and I will tell you, we did not coach him or, or ask him. I mean, he, he just took this on his own and was very excited that it was Jeremiah Chapman Day. And, and uh, like you said, you know, the more love and positivity you can spread, the better place you're going to have to go to school and work and, and be around. You're exactly right, man. So this past summer, you were recognized as a Jocelyn Renaissance Educator of the Year. Talk a little bit about what that recognition meant to Franklin Simpson High School and then what it means to you personally. Well, um, you know, as far as uh, personally, uh, you know, I'm extremely humbled to be named the Renaissance Educator of the Year. And, uh, you know, it's not anything that I ever set out to do or or any type of award like that, um, but uh, but it's nice to know that you know that that it, that you are recognized for something like that. Uh, but I really think that it's a it's really a uh, culmination of what Franklin Simpson High School is about. Uh, you know, we've got great students, we've got great staff who uh, who all uh, I like to say 
get it. They understand that that you know that it's about building a culture and a climate and and um, and a place that 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 students want to go and, and teachers want to come and work and, and make it a, a great place. So so it's great recognition for Franklin Simpson High School and, and well deserved recognition for Franklin Simpson High School. And you know and, and I share that award um, with uh, you know with our students and our staff because without them you know it never would have been possible. And you know and from a personal standpoint, uh, you know my wife and four daughters are um, you know are a very big part of that. You know without their support. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do the things that you do. You know, uh, being a high school principal is kind of like being a, a football or a basketball coach. You know, you, you know, it's pretty much seven days a week. Um, uh, you know, you're kind of on call 24 hours a day. So my, my family and my daughters really uh, understand that and support that. And they also are, you know, just as much a part of uh, the school as I am. My wife's an educator at the middle school. I have two, I have one daughter just graduated. Um, who was very heavily involved in Renaissance and then my other daughter's a sophomore and I have two in the one in the fourth and one in the third grade. So very, very supportive. And from a personal standpoint, without their support, uh, that would have never happened. And also my parents, you know, they were both educators who kind of helped uh, guide me in this direction. And, and a lot of things I've learned, I've, I've learned from them. So personally, like I said, it's very humbling, but as for, as far as Franklin Simpson high school goes, it was a, uh, it was a great recognition for the work that a lot of people did, uh, for but one person gets the award, but it really is a it really is a team award for sure. I love it, man. And it's like I always tell people, it's just like in football when you're winning. You know, the quarterback and the head coach get all the credit, but we both know there's so many other people that go into making that success happen. Very similar in what you're talking about right there with with this award for you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, man, that's so cool, man. Um, so you place a great emphasis on producing college and career-ready students. I love seeing all the tweets about, you know, two more today and three more today. Um, so much so that Franklin Simpson was recently named the number one high school in the state of Kentucky for college and career readiness. And so for listeners that aren't familiar with college and career readiness and what that means, explain that. Like, what exactly does that mean for a student to qualify as college and career ready? Okay. In, in Kentucky... Um they have standards for college readiness, which is the ACT benchmarks in English, math, and reading, which is 18, 19, and 20. Uh, they have to meet those benchmarks in order to be considered college ready. Um, and uh, if you meet those benchmarks and you go to college, you don't have to take any remedial courses, which means like you don't have to take math 100, which doesn't count towards your major. And so you have to meet the college readiness benchmarks or the career readiness benchmarks are you have to earn an industry certificate and what we we offer 13 pathways here at Franklin Simpson High School we have business marketing we have uh, two in uh, agriculture which we have uh, uh, FFA uh, we have ag science and ag mechanics and then we have uh, horticulture there's four or five in ag and then we have an IT department which offers a lot of the the mouse, the Microsoft Office uh, suite. Uh, we have uh, culinary. We have uh, uh, child development, and then we have nursing. We have welding, and we have masonry. So students have to earn a pathway, which a pathway is is three classes in that pathway, and then earn the industry certificate that goes along with that that pathway. Like for example, in culinary, it's the Serve Safe certificate. In uh, welding, it's the AOS certificate. 
in nursing, it's the CNA. So they have to earn one of those. Plus, there's an academic component. They either have to meet the benchmarks for the college readiness or pass the ACT work keys exam. So once they've met one of those two uh, uh, criteria, whether college ready or career ready, they are considered college uh, or career ready. Uh, in Kentucky, um, for our accountability, we uh, you, you get a point for each, for whether they're college ready or career ready. If if they're one, if they're both, you get a bonus point. So we have maxed out our points on accountability in that, and that is why we you know we say we're number one in the state of Kentucky. I think last year there were twenty six schools in the state that maxed them out. So we were at least tied for first, and you know I don't a lot of people don't even know where to go look for those. So we're at least first, but but our kids, you know, we, we we sell that to our kids. We're at least first, and you know we're number one in the state. I know three years ago we had the most points of any school because we had a, a hundred and ninety eight kids out of two hundred and two that were college or career ready. So we only had four that never met the benchmark, but one hundred and ten of those were both. So we had over fifty five bonus points. So, for as far as accountability purposes go, um, that's why we like to say that we are uh, that we're number one. But now we are one of only two districts in the entire state of Kentucky that require our students to graduate college and/or career ready. So, even if you've got all your credits, if you've not, you have to meet one of those two benchmarks in order to be college or career ready. But you know, the, the big thing that we that we really try to stress to our kids about is that it, you know a lot of times. You know, schools will get a bad rap on, oh, you're just worried about the test scores and, and you're just worried about, you know, what, how this makes you look. It's not about Tim Slosher. I've already gone to college. I'm not going back to school. I mean, I'm on, I, tell, I told our freshmen yesterday, I said, guys, I'm on the downhill slide. I'm four years from retirement. I'm not going back to school. This is about you. This is about where your career is going to be. You know, whatever it is you want to do, we want you to have the opportunity to do that. That is why we push you so hard to be college and career ready. You know, they say that people change professions seven to nine times. I'd say college kids probably change their major 29 times, you know, before they before they get done. And so it's an opportunity for them to, to really push them to get prepared and to be ready when they leave Franklin Simpson High School. I love it, man. And so, like, what are some of the things that you guys have implemented to have such great success in producing those college and career ready kids? Well, we have a we have an intervention period uh, every day from ten to ten thirty. It's after second period. It's thirty minutes long. You know, and you can look at that and say, "Hey, it's only thirty minutes." Well, it's five days a week, so that's two and a half hours of instruction a week that we use. Um, you know, we we start our scheduling with the seniors, and what is it that that kid needs? to be college ready. Like if a kid is already passed the English and the math and all he needs is reading, he gets reading intervention every day for 30 minutes to help prepare him to take, uh, which we have a test in Kentucky called the, called the Coyote test uh, that they can take to meet the college readiness benchmarks or to help prepare them for their next ACT to meet that benchmark. Uh, we have some students that uh, have already passed, say, the ACT work keys, and they are just prepping to get ready for their industry certification. Well, you know, we, we sell it to the kids on that's two and a half hours a week that we're going to give you direct instruction 
on your industry certification or your ServSafe test or your mouse certificate or your ACT work keys exam or your English math or reading ACT prep in order to get prepared for that. And we've got an incentive program built in. If you're college or career ready during that 30 minutes, the only ones in the school that get this are seniors. They get to go to the gym and hang out for 30 minutes while everybody else has intervention. So it's a great carrot that they uh, that we can hold out in front of them. But the interesting thing, a lot of those kids during that academic time who are already college and career ready, they use that 30 minutes for their Sky CTC courses out to community college, their dual credit courses, their AP courses, or we even send some over to our elementary and middle schools to do peer tutoring during that time. So it's, it's a very – we also have a – full line of interventions for our freshmen, sophomores, and juniors during that time. But, you know, sometimes people think 30 minutes is not a lot. But when you look at it, it's two and a half hours of direct instruction on what you on what that individual kid needs to, to become college or career ready, uh, two and a half hours a week. It, it really adds up. And, and I think that's one of the things. That's the biggest thing that we've done. And then we also, you know, spend a lot of time trying to reward them. You know, they get to go to the to the gym if they're college and career ready. We give them T-shirts. We we tweet out every time a kid becomes college or career ready. I mean, this is some high-tech stuff, Philip. We take a piece of paper out of my printer, out of my printer, and I take an orange or red Sharpie, and I write 96, and then I date it, stick it on the wall, take a picture of it, and tweet it. And, uh, and we give the, the kids get a T-shirt that says I'm college or career ready that a business here in town bought for us. And uh, so it's kind of been a... Um, a really neat thing to see transpire over the last five years and the success that we've had with it. I love it, man. And social media is so huge, you know, because everybody likes getting that shout out on social media, you know? So. Yes. It, it's kind of like, a, you know, I kind of I like to say that our school's a kindergarten on steroids. You know, when you go into your kid's kindergarten class, everybody's got a picture. They got what's their favorite food and all that. We just do it on a high school level. Sure. And, you know, and put their pictures out there, put it on social media. And I tell people too, they say, how do you get so many followers? Which I don't really have that many, but for a small town, small school like ours, if you'll take their pictures and put them on social media, they'll follow you because they want to see their picture out there. So For sure. Yeah. Everybody wants to get that pat on the back. I agree a hundred percent. Definitely. No doubt. And so Franklin Simpson, you guys went from being in the bottom 5% of all the schools in Kentucky to the top 5% in a matter of just a few short years after you became the principal, which is obviously an unbelievable accomplishment and a testament to your leadership. And so I think the, the million dollar question is how did you do it? And how do you decide what you're going to focus on first? Well, um, let me say first, it took a lot of work by a lot of people in order to, to do that. But I honestly believe in the bottom of my heart that if the culture and climate is not right in your school, I don't care what you have going on, what kind of students you have, what kind of socioeconomic background these kids come from uh, or don't come from, what kind of, if it's a new building, if everybody has a laptop, if everybody has a Chromebook, everybody has an iPad, if the culture and climate is not right, it will not work uh, because we're, we're in a people business. You know, the people that walk in, they're, they're people that walk in the door every single day. They have feelings, they have emotions, they want to feel connected, they want to be a part of something, they want to feel like they're important, they need to know that there's that people in that building care about them. And I'll be honest with you, that's where we started first. We started with the culture and climate. And, you know, when you're, when you're in the bottom 5%, you can't go much lower, you know. So um, 
with that, we that's kind of uh, where we started. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make it a place where kids wanted to come. And I, I tell this story all the time. We have hub visits. We have people coming in from uh, uh, different parts of the state coming in to visit with us and different things um, that, you know, my wife and I are both in education. I have four daughters. Uh, both of my parents were in education. So education is important in our family. But none of my four girls wake up in the morning saying, man, I can't wait to go conjugate verbs and solve algebraic equations and do stoichiometry. They don't do that. But if they have a relationship, if these students have a relationship with the chemistry teacher and the English teacher and the math teacher and the social studies teacher, they will do the work that needs to be done because they know that that person cares about them, that they want them to be successful and all the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. And, and I say that, you know, because of the fact that, you know, I think, you know, with the right culture and climate, all the numbers will start moving in the right direction. Uh, the year before I became principal six years ago, we had over 2,700 discipline referrals. We've not had over a thousand in the last four years. And last year was our best year ever. We had 747 referrals. Uh, we have 910 kids in our school, we had 804 kids last year that never were in the office for a discipline referral. So that tells me that your culture and climate is in the right place. Your teachers are doing the right thing. You know, uh, we don't sweat the small stuff. You know, when I first came here as principal, you know, uh, eating and drinking food, you know, was like a big deal. Like, where are you going to take, you know, you know, in and all of our and I asked all our teachers, I said, How many of you drink a Coke or put coffee on your desk every day? They all raised their hand. I'm like, then I said, you know, there's nothing that we do in a high school that high school kids can't do if we just allow them to do it. I'm like, how many of you have ever spilled your coffee on your desk? They all raised their hand. How many of you ever spilled your Coke on your desk? They all raised their hand. Well, yeah, we may have a spill, but for the most part they're not gonna do that. So we allow kids, you know, we even have a second chance breakfast now at nine fifty five. Before academic time, the cafeteria staff roll out three carts in our building and serve Pop-Tarts, muffins, all kinds of things from the from our cafeteria staff. And we have about 250 kids that do that a day on the second chance breakfast. So, you know, just those little things are, are, are in my opinion, what kind of switch the, the culture and climate. And, you know, and we do some things with our schedule. We have a monthly... Um, you know, I know in Johnson, they talk a lot about the Renaissance rallies. We, we do monthly rallies. We do them every month, the last Wednesday of the month, for uh, from 8 to 8.30. Our teachers get to work in PLCs. During, that's when they have their department meetings. That's when they have their department PLCs. And we go to the gym and recognize kids for behavior, um, attendance, uh, things that they've won inside and outside the classroom. And we play games and we have fun. You know, when they uh, and the kids see it, they see that we are, you know, I'm not the guy that walks around in the suit and tie every day that everybody looks at and says, oh, oh, that's the principal, you know, that we do have fun. And uh, so we create those opportunities for the kids to be recognized. And, and, and it's really funny because um, we did a thing on the first day of school where the kids uh, did legacy cards. And uh, in each class, we showed a Mike Smith video about legacy and leaving a legacy. And we had them fill out a card. And I read every one of them, every single kid's card. And one kid, or it was actually two seniors that put on there, you know, I've made it to na I've made it to nationals twice through the fifth round and lost in the finals, and I've never been recognized. And and I said, I, and I just went to her and I apologized. I said, I'm sorry, I I, I missed that. 
and had another senior kind of list the same type of thing, and, and we just missed it. And and I told him, I said, August 23rd, you're first on the docket. I said, I apologize. They said, well, don't tell somebody that I brought. I said, I will not let him, but no, we're not going to talk about that. But but kids want to be recognized. And a lot of times it's just stand up and your classmates will cheer for you and their name is called. So, uh, you know, just recognizing kids and treating kids, you know, and I, I, I like to tell them like, we're going to treat you. We're going to treat you like young adults. Act like young adults. We treat you like young adults. You act six. We have to treat you like you're six. So, you know, and, and we're up front and honest with them. And, and, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I like to, take uh or say that i've never told a kid no when they come in and you know we've had kids come in and ask about um you know we had some girls two years ago complain about the bathrooms in our career and tech center said they stink and they're nasty they need to be painted i said y'all have two hours every friday because you're not in your uh community college classes i said y'all can paint them they said are you serious i said yeah i called the paint store said these two young ladies they're 18 year old seniors coming down there will you let them pick out the paint they need get them the brushes they need i said it's all yours so they painted the bathrooms in our career tech center. So just those things have really flipped the, the, the culture. And then, you know, you have to find a balance. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you can sing Kumbaya all day and paint murals on the wall and your and your, your school will improve. But you've got to find balance. You have to be very intentional in your planning and create the time for these activities to take place. And, uh, and I, you know, that's really what has taken us from the bottom 5% to the top 5% you know, in a short period of time is letting the kids take the ownership of the building and, um, and that they, and, and they, and they realize that people here care about them. I love it, man. The kids having the ownership, like that's just the biggest thing yeah. to me. And and so you're talking about fun and speaking of fun on that first day of school, I think is when it was, I saw a video that yeah. you guys did where all your staff, like you guys had a school bus and you went out on spray paint road and you were doing some dancing and stuff. Talk just a little bit about that. Well, um, when I was leaving the Renaissance Conference in Phoenix, I was sitting in the airport, and uh, I'd heard that song, I Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake, at least, it seemed like 10 times at the conference, and I was sitting in the airport, and it came on the screen, and I heard it, I heard somebody playing it, and so I just looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, what is this song? So I watched his video, and it starts off about something about... Uh, our town and your city and I immediately text our IT director who was at the Renaissance conference with us and, and said, Hey, can we make this video about our school? And she said, Oh, most certainly we can do that. So, um, on our, uh, actually on our, it kind of, it, it kind of just worked out this way. It didn't really, I didn't really plan it, but it, it kind of worked out. We did a complete remodel and, re and renovation of our cafeteria this summer and I was like, okay, well, let's use that as the restaurant where Justin Timberlake was. I said, that'll be cool. And then uh, we sent an email out to all our staff and said, anybody that wants to be videoed, be here Monday at 1 o'clock, we'll do the – and we we literally made that video with an iPhone and a drone where we did some drone footage. with. But we uh, – and we just filmed, you know, short 20, 30-second clips of, of people dancing. And then our first day of PD this year uh, was uh, – we took our staff on a field trip. We took we had two buses, and we went uh, for about two hours. We drove all of Franklin and Simpson County and took our staff to where our kids live and showed them every neighborhood of every kid that goes to school here so they can get a better idea of, you know, because a lot of them have never been, you know, past the high school. You know, like some of them live in Bowling Green, some live in Nashville and different places. They drive in, get off at exit 2 and exit 6, drive into the high school, 
turn around and go back. So they've never seen these neighborhoods. And so while we were out there, we thought, hey, let's film some more footage for our video and uh, out on spray paint road because we kind of thought the kids would think that's pretty cool. My teachers went to spray paint. And so we, uh, you know, we took some video footage of there. And then our IT uh, director, Miss Matter, put the video together. And, and on the first day of school, we kind of have a little renaissance rally uh, the first 30 minutes. And we recognize some perfect attendance kids and kids that have won stuff earlier in the year. We recognize our staff, our custodians, cafeteria workers and everybody. And let everybody know who all these people are. We introduce our theme. And then this year I told them, I said, hey, guys, I said Justin Timberlake was here last week. And uh, he uh, made a little video with us. And they all snickered like, yeah, whatever. Justin Timberlake wasn't here. So we played the video for him. And uh, with the with the help of social media, and we didn't, I didn't really intend for it to take off like that. But it's up over 11,000 views on YouTube. And um, it was uh it just kind of, you know, the kids really enjoyed it and liked it. And the, the funny thing about it was I was moving my daughter into college on Sunday and we were eating at Wild Eggs and I was sitting there at the at the little counter and this lady across the way, who I have no earthly idea who she is, looks at me and she keeps staring at me. And, I kind of, and you get that feeling like this person is staring at you. They want to talk to you, but you don't really know who they are. And she finally, she said, sir, are you the principal at Franklin Simpson High School? And I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, we loved your video. She said, we saw it on Channel 5 in Nashville. She said, we loved it. I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, we enjoyed putting it together, and the kids liked it. So it's kind of funny how it all took off, but it was a lot of fun. I love it, dude. That's so great, man. And so we're talking about this turnaround and how, how you guys had this great turnaround here at Franklin Simpson. And so from a leadership perspective, one of the most difficult things, in my opinion, is to accomplish the buy-in from your staff, especially when you've been struggling. So like let's say an administrator is faced with turning a struggling school around, what advice do you give them to, you know, address those staff members that feel beat down and undervalued? Well, you know, the, the first thing I think you have to do is, is you've got to build a relationship with them just like you do with your students. You know, they're human too. They have feelings. And, uh, and you know, and, and we've made this turnaround with the same staff that was here when we were in the bottom 5%. You know, they are professionals. They just have to be led in the right direction. Uh, the first thing we did as a lead, from a leadership standpoint was to define, was to define our mission. Uh, you know, we, we had a mission statement before. Nobody could tell it to me. Nobody knew what it was. It was some great big long paragraph with a lot of educational jargon that nobody really understood. Um, I am proud to say that all 920 of our students can tell you exactly what the mission statement of Franklin Simpson High School is. All our staff can. It is to empower students to be college and or career ready. And that's what we base all our decisions on. It's what I told our staff. I'm like, if, if, if you want to change something, you want to do something different, how is it going to help students to be college and career ready? You know, because ultimately that's our job. That's our mission. That's what we want to try to do. And uh, so we started there, you know, started, you know, building those relationships with staff. Uh, and, you know, and I think you've got to help them get into a position to be successful uh, from a leadership standpoint. You know, uh, this may sound crazy. I'm, uh, we don't have staff meetings. I don't, I don't, I don't. When you put 60 adults in the room at three o'clock in the afternoon after they've been teaching all day, you know, that's, you know, I didn't like them when I was a teacher. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, that they don't either. Uh, so we try to create opportunities to, uh, you know, value their time. And I think when you do that, teachers appreciate that. That's why we have the, the monthly PLCs. 
you know, that's uh, teachers have to be here at 745. So from 745 to 830, they collaborate with their colleagues and they get an opportunity to, uh, you know, to bounce ideas off of each other, talk about strategies, look at data on students and, and as, a, as a department. And so, you know, the best PD in the world comes from the people that you teach right next to. But a lot of times you don't get that opportunity to do that. Uh, we do have, uh, uh, we have since, uh, we go to an alternate schedule. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it was a little scary when I first did this. Uh, but I, I proposed to our district to go to an early, an early release every Wednesday at like, I just wanted 30 minutes, you know, at 2.30, and then I could have the staff work from 2.30 to 3.30, you know, once a week. Well, didn't go for it, which is completely fine. And so I went out on my own and said, let's do a late start Fridays. So Fridays, we don't start school at Franklin Simpson High School till 8.30. We run the buses the same across the district for everybody. We just have to supervise the kids. So we have a our library is a study area. If they want to go socialize, they go to the cafeteria, the gym, our commons area. You know, we're fortunate. Our, our older kids, juniors and seniors that drive, they just don't get here till about 830. Uh, but we have uh, content PLCs every Friday from 745 to 830. And so, and a lot of times our staff, is, they're here by 730, 715. So every week I'm giving them about an hour of planning time to work with their content partner. You know, our school's a little different. I went to a school in Chicago to research this. Um, you know, we don't have 11 Algebra 1 teachers. We only have two. But our two Algebra 1 teachers get to work together every Friday to talk about, you know, how their, how their lessons have gone, how their class has gone, how their quizzes and tests, and, you know, what the, you know, this didn't work for me. What did you do? So they get to do that every Friday from 7.45 to 8.30, uh, kind of like I like to say on my time, but it's it's really, you know, because the biggest barrier for teachers is time, if we really want to be honest. There's just not enough time to do everything. And so building those systems in place and uh, recognizing staff and, you know, and uh, recognizing the, the time and effort that they put in, supporting them, getting the things that they need, the resources they need as the principal, making sure that they do that. You know, I don't know a principal across the country that's ever taught chemistry a day in his life as the principal, you know, or English 10 or Algebra 2 or Geometry or U.S. History. You know, they are the experts in the classroom. You need to do, be, I believe, in my opinion, I need to be doing the things to help support them. What is it you need to be a better chemistry teacher? What is it you need to be a better English teacher and support them? Create the environment that you want in your school where you don't have a lot of discipline problems, that you have a good culture and climate, then the kids will buy in, teachers buy in. And then, honestly, once you get that train rolling, it's a it's a great feeling to see that kind of transpire. You know, I'll be honest with you, my biggest fear is how you continue to create a sense of urgency when you've had that success. I think Nick Saban said it best on, you know, you find out how good your teams really are after you've won a championship. Can they stay at that level? You know, and, and, and I really believe if you quit doing the things that get you to that point, you, you'll fall back. But, you know, we, we've really made a and, – and, and I'm, I'm honest with our, with our staff, uh, you know, as a leader. I'm very transparent, sometimes probably too transparent. Um, but there's – I don't have any secrets. There's nothing that we don't share with our staff. Um, and, you know, we get their buy-in and, and on things when we, when we need to make changes. And, and I'm honest with them. You know, there's things that – you know, 
we that we need to do you know we've got to improve our reading skills for our class of 2021 and in class of 2020 i don't have the answers i'm going to them let's do this together how can we improve the literacy skills of the students in these classes and you know and, and we're all in it together so that would be my best advice and that's kind of how we've done that from a leadership perspective so along those same lines then how do you get your community to start believing in your school again well i think you uh you know, a lot of times there's a lot of great things that go on in schools that never get told, that nobody ever knows about. Uh, and I think that you, uh, you know, you have to be transparent with your community. And, you know, and sometimes that's hard for administrators, but I'm a firm believer in we're going to tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to be honest, you know, because, you know, when you get test data in and scores in, you know, you can twist those however you want it. You know, you can, that glass can be half empty or half full or whatever. I think you just have to be honest. And when people know that you're honest and that, 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 you know, that you sometimes don't have all the answers, but you're going to continue to try to improve. Um, and then once you have success, you've got to celebrate it, you know, and make sure people know that you have the highest college and career readiness rate in Kentucky, that y'all have had the highest ACT scores you've ever had in your school, that you're in the top 10% of all career technical education centers in the state of Kentucky. And, you know, and really kind of brand your school with that success and put that out there. But don't be afraid to say when you when you stubbed your toe, you know, we didn't do very good in this area. We've got to get better. We realize that we're going to we're going to work to to improve that as opposed to just acting like it, you know, it, it didn't happen. And maybe some people won't won't see that or won't recognize that. You know, I, I think if you if you're honest with people and, and people know that you're fair and you're consistent, that your community will buy in Be, You know, for one reason, you know, and I. This is strictly my opinion. Um, I think that that's how I think communities grow through their education system. If, you know, if I was to pack my daughter and my wife up and we were going to move to Louisville or Lexington or Nashville, the first question I would ask is, where are my kids going to school? You know, if, if I buy this home, where are my kids going to school? Is this a good school? And so I think that's how you grow your community. And I think once you start having that success, you celebrate it and get then they want to be involved because it is a it is a, a positive place and it's a it's a place to where people are having success and, and you know they want to market that. They want to be able to tell people, hey, you want to come work here. We have a great school system, we have a great high school, we have a great middle school, whatever the situation may be. And uh, and then all that will kind of fall into place once you start having that success and, and that you're honest and fair with people. Exactly, man. Like that's spot on. I love it, dude. So, and you kind of hit on this a little bit just a second ago with your Nick Saban quote, but what are the biggest challenges in terms of maintaining and then continuing to produce these high quality results? Well, I think you can't lose sight of what it is that got you to that point, which was building relationships with kids, you know, making sure that you are uh, giving them the skills and the knowledge that they need, uh, in order to be successful, you know, I, I think school is, is, is ever changing, you know, uh, you know, it's not so much about content. It, it is, you know, cause some of the assessments are still based on content on how they determine whether you're a good school or not, which I could, we could do a six hour podcast on, on, on all my beliefs on that. But, uh, but it's about teaching them the skills 
that they need and continuing to keep those on the in the in the forefront of what you do, uh, making sure that you continue to have a positive culture and climate because I mean your culture and climate can can turn on you as fast as you turn around. You know it, it can go. It can go south on you fast if, you know, if you get, you know, if there's a lot of negativity, if you don't address issues as they come up, you know, when you have a problem, you know, you've got to hit it head on. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, but, but you've got to hit them head on and make sure that you continue to, uh, to, to stay positive and build that positive culture and climate. And, you know, and uh, I had a teacher last year that had a, uh, and this is, you know, as a administrator, you kind of, it makes you feel good. You know that you're, that you're having some more, that you're, that you're moving in the right direction. But we had a, uh, an AP teacher that had like 72 kids take the AP exam. Like, I think it was like 58 or 60 of them passed the AP exam. Highest pass rate we've ever had in school history in that, in that subject area. It was like, it was like almost, almost an 80% pass rate. And I went up to her and I was high-fiving her and congratulating her and said, man, this is awesome. And her response to me was, we need more fours and fives on the AP exam. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, you know, so her, her this growth mindset of hers was, okay, we had a lot of success, but we didn't have enough fours and fives on the AP exam. That, that We had more threes, and we got to move more threes to fours and more fours to fives. And, you know, and really, you know, we talk a lot about a lot about the growth mindset that you're, you know, that you're always changing, you know, you're, you know, what we're doing with kids changes and, you know, uh, what works with kids changes and new instructional strategies and how we teach kids and those types of things. So really just keeping that growth mindset and, uh, you know, and, and keeping the, the gas on the pedal and, and still having that sense of urgency, um, uh, uh, is is kind of the biggest challenge that you run into once you've had success because it's easy to say ah, we don't really need to do that anymore you know we've you know we're already but those those little things are the things that got us to the point that we were at so we have to continue to do those great stuff man um earlier you talked about every month you guys have some kind of rally to to recognize your kids for their accomplishments and stuff and a lot of school districts and even like individual principals have greatly reduced the number of like out of class activities trying to protect that instructional time and so like what's your opinion how do you balance that instructional time versus allowing time for kids just to be kids especially at the high school level where we don't really have the typical recess that you have at the elementary school level well, you know, I think part of that is, uh, you know, we're very intentional in our planning on that. You know, like, you know, we know every the last Wednesday of every month we're going to have some type of rally. We have our intervention period of 30 minutes every day. Um, we try not to pull away from that time, but we can use that time uh, to, uh, you know, if, if we if needed be to do some things like that. And we are not, and I'll be honest, with you, we are not afraid to alter our schedule. You know, we will, uh, if we, you know, like a lot of times, very, very rarely do we ever miss an entire class period to go do something. We'll turn the bells off. I mean, we have, we all have smartphones. You can set reminders on them. I have to do that. You know, there's times, you know, like uh, coming up in, in September, we're having an assembly. It's an hour long. So what we will do is we will just take, uh, we have six uh, classes. We'll take 10 minutes off each period. So instead of having a 55-minute period, everybody gets a 45-minute period today. We'll turn the bells off. I'll get on the PA. Say, All right, guys, it's time to time to go to second period. Everybody move to second period. It's really neat. Our kids are our kids are accustomed to it. Uh, to 
there's days that we run without bells. We just do it on the PA. They get up, go to class, go the next period. You know, they're not, you know, trying to take advantage of it. Uh, but it takes some work on the administration's end to make those schedules work. Uh, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times teachers will come to me with, hey, I, I really think this would be a great opportunity for our kids. Can we do it? I've already made a schedule on how we can do this. You know, we'll just run a regular schedule in the morning through lunch, and let's just shorten the fifth and sixth period 12 minutes. It'll take us 20 minutes to do this school-wide, and here's the schedule. Fifth and sixth period will be shortened 12 minutes. Here's how we can do that. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's roll with it. And we, we get it out in plenty of time so that the teachers know that. And so, you know, so we try to accommodate those, but we also are trying to be very mindful of our of our uh of the of the of the academic time and not taking away from that, uh, you know, a couple of things that we do do we do not make any announcements during class time. They all have to be done between classes, and then we have five extra minutes at the end of the day. That class is sixty minutes, so that we can make announcements at the end of the day, and, do, and we just try to be very efficient with that and uh, and really honor. The, the time, because, you know, if you say it's important then you're making announcements in the middle of class all the time and calling kids out and, and, and doing and, and, and really working with our our coaches and extracurricular people on you've got to be very intentional in your planning. You know, we can't call the, your team out the last 15 minutes because you forgot to tell them when practice is and all that kind of stuff. So we, we, we try to reserve that uh, for a, educational time, but we do really plan things uh, in our schedule so we can have time to do those things. That's awesome, man. I know your teachers have to appreciate that too, especially with the announcement piece. And cause that can be frustrating. You're in the middle of something big and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes over the speaker and it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. This, I like to call it the squawk box. <laughs> Stay off the squawk box unless it's in between classes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you talked earlier about your cafeteria renovation project, and I've seen some pictures of it, and it looks absolutely amazing. Talk about how that idea came about and then the feedback that you've heard so far from your students and your staff. Well, um, it came about 23 years ago. I was a first-year teacher, and uh, I was actually assistant football coach, and uh, we walked in for summer football camp, and I sat down in the cafeteria to eat lunch at summer football camp, and I said, this has got to be – the most uninviting place to eat lunch I've ever seen in my entire life. There were no windows. There were no outside doors, nothing. I mean, it was the most, it, it honestly, the kids called it the dungeon, the prison, whatever. And so for 23 years, I've been saying, we need windows. We just need to put some windows in. We need to put windows in. You know, we finally got, we had an outside door and they finally put a glass door on it, which let some sunlight in. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. We were excited about the glass door. Well, our, our uh, food service department was going to, uh, it been saving some money. They wanted to do a renovation in our cafeteria because it, it just, it's 51 years old and it looked 51 years old. And so, uh, we started with windows and we were like, okay, let's get, let's make sure we can get some windows in there. And I, I have to thank our because it really the windows weren't really in the project to start with, uh, but our our board of education superintendent and chief financial officer figured out a way for us to get those windows in there. And then we painted, we did new signage, they did all new tables. We have the bar top tables, the small tables, chairs. Uh, all the tables have logos on them. Uh, it's more of like a college type atmosphere in there, and uh, the kids love it. I mean, in all the 
uh, alumni and people that have come back in or parents that used to go to school here. They're like, oh, my gosh, I wish this is the way it was when I was here. This is super nice. So we've got a lot of really uh, nice compliments on the uh, on the cafeteria. It just makes it a much more inviting place. It makes the room look completely different, uh, and our kids have really enjoyed it and really liked it. I love it, man. And it looks awesome. Like I said, the pictures I've seen are just super, super cool. I know that everybody there has to be ecstatic about it. And so last question, what are you most excited about for the 2017-2018 school year? Well, uh, I guess lots of different things. You know, just getting to be a part of these kids' lives and, and hoping that you're having a little bit of difference in their lives is always an exciting part uh, for me. Uh, building relationships with kids, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about our theme. How many wins today? For those of you that don't know Jeff Eben, if you haven't heard to get hear, ever hear him speak, you need to. His story is awesome. His website is uh, uh, it's the HMW Foundation. It's called HowManyWins.com. Jeff is coming to our high school in September. On September the 6th, uh, we're bringing Jeff in. If you don't know anything about Jeff is a paraplegic. Uh, he was a... a a going to be a college football uh, star, but had a water skiing accident, went on to be a high school principal, a superintendent, a mayor. I mean, had a wonderful career in education. He has a great story about love and hope and, and uh, spreading that word. And uh, so uh, I'm really excited about him coming to Franklin Simpson High School and spreading his message with our kids, which I think will in turn, you know, will spread more love and hope in Franklin Simpson high school and hopefully Simpson County and, and, and all the people that, that, that when these kids leave, leave here, you know, maybe they'll take a little bit of that with them. So I'm really excited about, uh, you know, spreading that message and, and having him come and speak to our kids and tell his story. And, and hopefully it will spread throughout our school and, and make it an even better place. I love it, man. So cool. Well, Tim, I think the absolute world of you, Thank you so much for your time here today and everything that you contribute to the world of education. Can't wait to watch all the great things you guys are going to continue to accomplish this school year. And do me a favor and make sure that you tell Jeremiah that I said hello, man, and I sure did enjoy his day yesterday. I'll do it. I'll tell him here in just a few minutes. For sure, man. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thanks so much for tuning in. Chase your dreams, kids. Chase your dreams, kids.